Hey everybody, welcome back. Do the woo. Bob WP here, and we are on episode 38. I have my illustrious co-host, Brad Williams. I'm nothing if not illustrious, Bob. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. It's uh it's February. What happened? I don't understand what happened in January, but here we are. Yeah. Second month of the year yeah. already. Yep, yep. It's, Flying it's, by. Uh, yeah, flying by. Yep, time does fly by, let me tell you. Well, before we get into uh, introducing our guests, I just want to make a little bit of an announcement. We have a, we, of course, are starting to get our sponsors in. I have a, a new sponsor, but also kind of a premier sponsor. Uh, WooCommerce is joining us to be our community sponsor. Uh, they'll be um, hanging around here for several months as far as helping support us, you know, both through the podcasts, uh, bringing transcripts to the show, and a lot of other good stuff. So it's I'm I'm pretty excited about it. They're uh, just 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 uh, want to be there and help the efforts. And we're you know trying to pull this community together, get to know more people. And speaking of getting to know more people, this week's uh, guest is. Jeff Daigle and J- Jeff, I, I, we've known each other for quite a while. Did I mutilate your last name? No, that was perfect. Okay, I, I remembered it. Amazing, wow. you know. I, I didn't, I didn't correct myself or check on that before we got on the air. But Jeff, Jeff has been in the WooCommerce space. He's done a few things. He's been on uh, WooSesh. Uh, he's been involved with WooConf. He does a lot of WooCommerce stuff. I've just known him through. Uh, yeah, various avenues. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Well, I'm glad to be here, Bob. Thanks for having me. What does Jeff do? You know, I I, I know you, you 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 do the woo, obviously, but what what do you do with WooCommerce? Well, I am what I call a uh, an e-commerce uh, problem solver, and that's kind of the the slogan I've settled on for my own consultancy. Is what's your problem? Um. And what I'd like to do is work with businesses that need something that's that's a little bit outside of the normal the normal realm of setting up an e-commerce site. You know, they're between WooCommerce and and other platforms. It's never been easier to set up an online store and sell your products, whether they're virtual or physical online. Um, but where I come in is when you need something that's a little bit outside of the box, so to speak. Um, for example, right now I'm working with a an organic potato farm in northern Maine that sells their products to customers all over the country. They sell organic seed potatoes to customers all over the country. And um, the challenge that they came to me with was they are managing their they have to manage their inventory very carefully because they only grow so many potatoes. And if they run out, they're not going to have any more until the next season. So they need to make sure they don't oversell. And since they ship all over the country and they're shipping live produce that needs to be alive when it gets to the customers, they need to be able to switch between insulated and uninsulated boxes depending on when the customer requests they uh, requests that the order be shipped. So, you know, so a farmer in Texas who's growing potatoes is going to need their potatoes a lot sooner than a farmer up in Minnesota. So when people place their orders, they might be placing an order in December, but they don't want those potatoes to show up until May. So getting that system out of uh, 
pieces of paper sitting inside a filing cabinet inside their barn where it's been for the for the past you know few decades and into a WooCommerce based online store was the challenge that uh, they came to me with and, and been working on that with them and um, actually just launched their new site the uh, past couple of weeks and um, it's been going really well for them so I'm the guy who comes in and and, and helps solve those those problems that every little small business has and those unique needs. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun because I get to work with a lot of interesting businesses and each project brings a, a brand new challenge. Wow. Who knew uh, selling potatoes was so action packed. That was <laughs> a lot of things I think you don't think about when you think about, yeah, just selling a product, selling a piece of food, selling a, a vegetable or a fruit. Um, but there are special considerations, um, you know, backing up a little bit, I'm curious to hear about your story because you've been doing this, you know, according to your website for over 20 years. You've been in the web space. Um, obviously, WooCommerce, WordPress has not been around that long. So I'm, I'd like to hear a little bit about your journey because now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're pretty laser focused on e-commerce and WooCommerce um, with that niche. And I always I always like to hear the stories of how people ended up there because it's usually not, um, it wasn't the plan, say, 10, 15 years ago. It's just kind of where you ended up, and it's always a fun little journey. So maybe you can kind of walk us through how you ended up on WooCommerce. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it is, it's definitely a fun little journey. And my 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 career path has, has been pretty winding and, and nonlinear. And I, I think you know, a lot of people in the tech space share that. But um, yeah, I, I started building web pages as soon as uh, you know, my family got a uh, a computer and got online, and um, you know my my first web pages were you know built in the built-in text editor on on uh, Mac OS or back then it was called you know System Seven, and um, and I just fell in love with being able to start typing and uh, and create something that could be shared all over the world. Um, my uh, at the time I thought I was going to be let's see, I think at the time I thought I was going to be a uh, musician. And uh, ended up going to college and thinking I might be a writer and then falling in love with technical theater and got a degree in set and lighting design for theater, but realized I didn't want to do that professionally. So um, the technology has always been uh, in computers and web development has always been the skill that I've been able to use as kind of a, a thread to, um, to, to connect all of my pivots. And um, after going through a few different careers in uh in web development for large software companies and software user interface design, and then going back to school to get a master's degree in architecture um, for the building kind. All my all my uh, software developer friends are saying, uh, "Yeah, archi- arch- software architecture? No, no, I'm going to go and design buildings now." Um, and after after going to, to, around to a you know a bunch of different jobs, I finally um, admitted to myself that I was just basically unemployable which is why I had been moving from job and job to career to career to career over the years. And um, about five years ago, decided I would strike out on my own and looked at all the skills I'd put together, you know, over the past, the, you know, the previous two decades of a, of a uh, very um, varied career and decided I wanted to, to help small businesses, uh, you know, owned and run by people like me who wanted to create their own thing, um, build their own business, not be working for someone else on someone else's dream. Um, and, uh, and that led to a focus on, um, you know, people making and selling products online initially. 
Uh, and that was actually one of my first clients was um, a, a custom jeweler. And that was also one of my first WooCommerce sites about five years ago. And, um, and from then, I, I've just gotten into, uh, you know, the, like I was saying, how much fun it is to work with small businesses and help them solve their unique problems um, and, uh, and help them all succeed in, in doing, you know, what's most fulfilling to their own life. When did, uh, did WordPress come in to play before that, or had you started playing around with WordPress before you actually started working on your first WooCommerce site? Yeah, I think I got into WordPress back in uh, 2007 or so when I was um, still working for a, a software company, and um, what they the uh, the development team wanted an internal development blog uh, set up, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've been meaning to learn this WordPress thing. I'll I'll set that up." So, um, you know, that was that was the beginning of it, and I've been building websites in PHP. Uh, I worked with. Uh, Joomla a little bit back when it was called Mambo, and um, and so so moving into WordPress was uh, was a really easy um, kind of transition. Um, in and uh, it was kind of like building my very first web page, uh, just seeing how easy it was to put together a, you know a fully functioning um, content management system based website. You know, back in 2007, that was, you know, that was pretty cool to be able to spin that up on your own machine, you know, or put it on any host and just have it just work. And then the developer community on top of that um, was just fantastic. And, and uh, you know, the, the ability to go in and do it, make the site basically do anything you could imagine it doing um, was, was just really exciting. And that's what's kept me involved in the community ever since and what made, you know, WooCommerce the logical choice for me anyway, when I started getting clients coming to me and saying, Hey, I, I want to sell something online. Um, you know, in 20, let's see, you know, mid 2015, when uh, I was starting to get into e-commerce Shopify was, was, wasn't, you know, the, the kind of the colossus of, of uh, e-commerce as it, uh, that it was. And there were a lot of um, older legacy shopping cart products out there. Um, and so since I was already, you know, comfortable with WordPress and really enjoyed working with it, um, I got into WooCommerce right away. And what I what I loved about it then and what I still love about it is that it lets you own your entire online store. You aren't you're not running your store platform on uh, on a product or a platform that someone else is controlling. So it, it gives you that that independence and that control over you know the 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 crucial essential part of your business, which is being able to sell your sell your products online, and it lets you make it what you want it to to be, um, and you aren't connecting your business's fortunes with you know the the fortunes or um, ideas of of an, another company. I mean, and it goes back to that you know, the example you shared with the potatoes, right? Like trying to find a system, a hosted solution, you know, a third-party system out there that's going to be that specific and, and some of the requirements you have. And there may or may be systems out there that, that are that flexible. But um, when you start to get through very specific, like ordering processes and workflows and will they buy it today, but we don't want to ship it till a certain date. And then it has to hit the warehouse and things like that. It gets much harder to find a tool that is so flexible um, that you can do anything with it. 
Whereas you have WordPress, which is built to be that flexible. And obviously WooCommerce is built in the same way. So um, it's really the sky's the limit, right? Obviously it always comes down to like time and budget and things like that. But ultimately you can set up WooCommerce to really do whatever you want, you know, um, which is one of its major strengths in my opinion. And along with the idea of owning your own content, which I've always been a major fan of. And that's another reason why I just like open source software um, for that very reason. So you can own your data. You know, so um, I, I'm curious. So you've been doing, you know, WooCommerce for about five years now. What kind of trends are you seeing? What are, you know, when you consult with, you've, t- you, you've worked with a number of different companies and different types of products. And it sounds like a lot of unique products um, and, and companies and services as well. Um, are you seeing trends? Are you seeing like, you know, mistakes people are making um, that see the, with the commonality? Or are you seeing things that are people, things that are people are doing that are trending that are actually working well? Like, I'm just curious if there are kind of trends for good or good or bad trends that you've seen over the past five years and in the way those are headed. Yeah, I, I, I can only speak to, you know, the trends that I see in, in my own customers, but I think, um, I think something that I've been seeing that, that is, that is, um, you know, that is happening kind of a, the e-commerce, there's small to medium e-commerce business um, community at large is a trend more towards um uh, integrating across different sales channels. Um, more and more people are, are uh, coming to me asking about um, selling online and at a, in, a, in a physical store or selling on their own personal website and selling on an online marketplace or, um, or uh, selling on like, you know, like fulfilled by Amazon or, or something like that. Um, because people are, are, buyers rather are starting to expect that they're going to be able to um, purchase and access a company's products or services in, you know, the, the place that they feel um, most comfortable shopping. And um, it's a challenge for smaller or medium sized businesses to be able to extend their uh, e-commerce footprint across different, uh, different channels and, um, in, in different marketplaces and their own online store. So, uh, so a, a lot of the people that I'm, that I've been seeing recently are, you know, are, are trying to figure out how to make that work, um, and make sure that they can keep their inventory all in one place or manage yeah. their sales data and all that. Um, you know, the, 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 the other piece is trying to figure out, you know, how are you, how to market yourself? And that's you know the age old question. For a while, it seemed like okay, yeah, we can do we can buy some Google AdWords, and that's how you do it, or get on social media, and that's how you do it. Um, but I think we're I feel like we're in a, the middle of another shift where social media is starting to get um, I don't know it, 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 so it, certain people and certain demographics I feel like are are starting to get a bad taste in their mouth about social media. And the question is, you know, that this becomes so pervasive in terms of how businesses connect to their customers. What what's going to come after that? Um, if people are kind of turning away from 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 using big platforms like a Facebook, that's you know, people are starting to to feel a little uneasy about sharing so much personal information on Facebook or on other social media platforms, and combine that with people starting to lose trust in you know online. Uh, sharing their information online, you know, how is that going to affect people looking to promote their businesses and, and um, 
you know, honestly, what I find with my clients is they're they're kind of going back to more of a you know a, a using referrals and and uh, you know cus- expanding their customer base through uh, email marketing and that kind of thing. Yeah, I like the uh, the topic of like you know where where to sell your product. I think that's a really interesting one, and, and it's definitely a challenge, like you mentioned, because I mean, Amazon's the place. Obviously, everyone. Um, you know, feels like they need to be, and maybe they do need to be there, but you know, it's clear that when you sell on Amazon, yes, the, the buyers are there, but you know, there's other considerations, like you said, keeping track of inventory, the markup that you have to do to include things like free shipping. Cause almost anything you find on Amazon, if you go directly to the, the store that sells it, it's cheaper, but then you have to weigh it like, well, yeah, maybe it's $5 cheaper, but do I want to deal with them directly? Or I'd rather just deal with Amazon. Um, and ultimately I think a lot of stores make less money, um, selling through Amazon, but they make more sales. So it's kind of this like catch 22, you know what I mean? And it is, it is very good for a lot of retailers. Don't get me wrong, but I do think it is, those are important questions people have to ask themselves. Um, if they're looking to add their products like Amazon or eBay or some of the other sellers that people just push all their products to, you know, to sell is to really have a game plan going into it. Think about it fully. Think about the pros and cons. Um, and then make sure you're gonna, you know, you're, you're clear and understand how you would manage something like that. Um, because best case scenario, it works well, right? And you get a ton of sales. Well, can you handle it? <laughs> you know, can you track that inventory? Can you ship out that many products? Good problem to have, um, but certainly easier to think about ahead of time versus after the fact. Right. Yeah, and I, I think another thing to keep in mind is um, what type of customers you're you're really looking for. You know, um, not every business wants is looking for, you know, the, the traditional or the typical Amazon customer or the Amazon customer is focused on lowest price and fastest shipping. Um, you know, and, and I think for a lot of businesses, that's not really their key differentiator. Um, especially the type of businesses that I work with who aren't, you know, they aren't drop shippers. Um, they aren't really selling commodity products. Um, they they don't want to be um it's not going to be good for their business to be focusing on customers who just want the lowest price and the you know the fastest and free shipping because that's not where their business's strengths lie so um you know and amazon is is an enticing thing because they've got all the traffic um they've got a lot of customers that you can get in front of but you know you really have to ask yourself are those my customers? Are those my ideal customers? Or should I be focused elsewhere? This episode is brought to you by Foo Events. If you sell any kind of ticketing online and you're using WooCommerce, you may have discovered that it doesn't have a very intuitive approach to seamless ticket sales. I know I've been there myself. Foo Events brings more power to your ticketing process. It's really easy to set up and you never have to worry about third-party fees again. Not only can you sell tickets, but managing them is really slick. And best of all, they have a growing number of extensions to fit any need you may have. There are no worries to the amount of tickets you can send. And for the convenience of your attendees, and to help you keep track of the event even better, it has a free mobile check-in. Managing your attendees and events goes smoother with custom event reports and ticket inventory, and you can export your attendees for additional communication that you may need to send to them. 
or heck, you could even build your list. And your attendees can be rest assured that the data remains safe and private. Whether it's concerts, school functions, fundraisers, conferences, Foo Events has you covered. Check them out today at fooevents.com. That's F-O-O-Events.com. And now back to our podcast. Is WooCommerce keeping up with providing the integrations to be able to sell on these other platforms? Or are you still finding that there's a lot of custom work that you need to do? That's one of those uh, it depends questions. <laughs> um, I, there, there are uh, the 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 virtue of WooCommerce that it's open is uh, is also can also be a challenge in this situation because you know WooCommerce has their own API uh, and a lot of these other platforms have APIs of varying you know levels of sophistication and access. So there, at the moment, there are a lot of different ways to to connect WooCommerce to to most different platforms. Um, one that I run into uh, fairly regularly is connecting to a marketplace like Etsy um, and trying to, to manage stock and prices and synchronized orders between WooCommerce and Etsy. And there isn't really a one-size-fits-all solution. Um, I have... Uh, I've had a, have a client who has a very small uh, number of products that they sell, and there's there's a solution I've been using for them that works very well to to synchronize the inventory between their website and their Etsy store. Of another client who has, um, I think she's got over two thousand pieces of uh, individual, unique, one of a kind, vintage uh, pieces of clothing. And that solution I used with the client with the smaller product catalog just didn't work um, with her because it wasn't it couldn't scale up to syncing that number of products. Um, and then I've got another client who's got a, who's who's got a similar number of products, but her business is kind of higher. Uh, she's got higher volume and higher margin, so she's able to justify um, spending uh, a monthly fee on using. Uh, a multi-channel integration service. I think she's using right now, or she's been using um, WebGility's Unify platform for a few years, and that's um, that's a, a completely different level of, of integration because that's kind of a built-for-you turnkey um, solution that can handle a lot of uh, a lot of throughput in terms of products and sales. Um, but on the other hand, it's it's a little bit more expensive. Those those that type of service tends to start around seventy-five or hundred bucks a month. So you've got to think: Well, am I going to be able to? Are the savings in in efficiency and the increases in in uh, sales volume that that this solution will give me, or are those going to offset that cost and, and make it worthwhile? Um, and then for for there are some other integrations that have been around for a while, like the integration with Square, that I think is has really started to mature. the The new version of the WooCommerce Square plugin that's offered uh, by WooCommerce um, just got updated to version two um, last year, and and that that really improved. Um, the reliability of the syncing and and kind of the, the overall robustness of the solution. Um, and I'm, I've been using that on a couple of different um, client sites where they have square point of sale in the retail location, but they, 
but the uh, Square's um, e-commerce solution just wasn't going to cut it for them. It, it was it uh, doesn't have the features and the depth of of, um, of features that say a WooCommerce has. Um, so that's really come into its own, um, I think, in the you know the past six months or a year. Um, so you know, like I said at the beginning uh, of my answer, it really it depends on on what your business is looking to integrate with and and. You know the the scale of the scale of your business. Um, the nice thing is because WooCommerce is so open, uh, even if there isn't an existing integration, um, there's usually a way to get it to work. It's just a matter of you know whether the 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 effort spent in time and and um, you know funds is going to is going to balance it out. But um, but you can usually find a way to make it happen. Uh- I do have one question, and this is one I've been thinking about a lot, and it actually kind of segues into one of the news items we're going to be talking about, which is uh, WooCommerce 4.0. But with this kind of, I guess, focus uh, around React-driven experiences, we're seeing it with the new dashboard in WooCommerce. Obviously, the block editor in Gutenberg um, within WordPress is the biggie that comes to mind. But it's, it's, it's clearly a shift in... Um, the direction of development around WordPress and we're talking WordPress because that's what this show's about, right? But it's, it's reacts being used by a lot of people out there now. Um, I'm curious how something like that affects the type of work you do. Um, is it, is it a major impact? Is it no impact? Is, do, do, do your clients or customers even care or know what react is? Um, I'm just curious how that those type of changes um, or, you know, whatever we want to look at is a change, though, and, and kind of the direction of how things are built and developed in the web today. It's it's evolving and changing. React is one of those ones that's really at the kind of front lines of it, um, among others. But you know, how are I'm curious how your clients are seeing that, if at all. Maybe they don't even care. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, I, I think my most of my clients would just give you a you know blank look when if you asked if. <laughs> It's kind of what I thought. Reacts react to what? <laughs> uh, you know, my my uh, most of my um, clients are not in a you know a technical or a software you know driven field, so they don't really care um, if it's running, you know, if it's a React based interface or what. They just want it to uh, meet their business needs and to work. Um, I think they are enjoying the results of some of some of this push to, you know, reactify admin and and the the block editor. Um, I know the the when um, when WordPress five came out, you know, I guess a year ago, I had most of my clients I I um, that uh, on whose sites I had an active management role, I put the classic editor plugin in so they wouldn't really, they wouldn't see anything. Um, but over the past year I've transitioned, I've turned that off on most of those sites, um, because the, uh, the flexibility, um, that the block editor has been able to give non-technical, um, users has been um has been really great for at least for the for my clients um and then the the uh the richness to the number and type of woocommerce blocks that um that have been coming out uh is also been really great you know just like the the example i'm sure that that a lot of people will think of was customizing the home page for a woocommerce based site you know, if you, if you're using a storefront child theme um, or you know, maybe a, a Genesis framework theme, you're 
trying to get the homepage to show what you want was was never the most intuitive um, process. You know, you'd, you'd have to either um, write some custom code into your child theme, or, or find a third party plugin, or use uh, homepage control, or and and uh, even then, it was an indirect way of figuring out what of trying to get what's onto your homepage. But now with uh, the block editor, you can start with a blank page and put in your favorite products or, you know, new products, uh, reviews, um, any kind of, any kind of WooCommerce content or other WordPress content that you want. And having that drag and drop, um, simplicity right there in the core, uh, in WordPress core and WooCommerce core, um, has, uh, has really been a great thing for my clients anyway. Um, because it gives you that type of flexibility in, and in direct, uh, control over the page that previously would, you would have had to use a page builder to get, um, and you know, and, and then there's you know that that whole the whole good and mix of good and bad that you get when you start involving a page builder in your website. Um, uh, you know, at the very least, it's, a, it's one more thing to learn how to use. Uh, but with the the block editor being the default editor in, in WordPress now. Um, it's kind of just part of part of the part of the core package that people are already getting uh, to be familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, you know. yeah, yeah, I mean that's good to hear, and I, de- I think people definitely love that flexibility. Um, and like you mentioned, there is that kind of caveat of <laughs> sometimes uh, too much control isn't always a good thing. But for most people, right. I think they're 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 you know cautious and. Um, kind of map things out a little bit, but you know, we'll see the direction that goes because we had um, Darren on the show, right, right, Bob, a few months back, mm-hmm. and uh, on the WooCommerce build team, and he's even hinted at some things coming where they might integrate the block editor into the cart, into the checkout process, mm-hmm. um, which sounds scary on the surface. <laughs> drag and drop cart and checkout process, you know, options. But I mean, there's a world where that could be absolutely amazing, you know? Um, So. Yeah, definitely. So that you aren't, you you don't have to, you know, go find the, the visual hook reference every time you're trying to, to add some content to your, Mm -hmm. uh, your cart page or your checkout page, you know, especially if, if you've got, if you're, if your business has some complicated shipping, uh, shipping rules or, you know, things that customers need to be aware of being able to add some additional content in there. Um, I think that'd be great. You know, if as, as one of my, as one of my uh, college or grad school professors in architecture would always say, this could be quite good if done correctly. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what he means by correctly. Um, But uh, and and I think one other thing, just to jump back to you know the 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 reactification of of uh, you know WordPress and WooCommerce admin, I think the um, there are huge opportunities for increases in efficiency um, in the back ends that using uh, using a, a React type framework um, could could realize you know with a lot of my. Uh, Clients who have larger product catalogs or large order volumes, um, you know, managing products in the back end and the, you know, the, the current order screen or product screen, that can be that can be a significant bottleneck when it comes to, um, you know, performance, keeping the, the, the admin portion of WooCommerce and WordPress responsive, you know, in a, from a performance standpoint. So, um, you know, 
being able to 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 get away from you know whole page refreshes and and um, you know re- reduce the size uh, of some of the queries that are involved in generating those admin pages. Um, I think will will be a, you know, something that a lot of people will appreciate. Cool. Well, that was a perfect segue into talking a little bit about the 4.0, uh, Brad. That was, um, you know, I'm a professional, yeah. Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're on the. You know, there was a actually last week our guest did the perfect segue into the news. So, um, yeah, I'm just sitting back and letting everybody else handle. <laughs> but yeah, 4.0. That's uh, the next one up and. Uh, speaking of the biggest feature for that is a WooCommerce admin that they've had as a plugin. And I know I have it on my site, which isn't, you know, neither here or there because I don't have a ton of sales on my site, but I do run WooCommerce on my site. Curious, have any of your clients used that, Jeff, as a plugin? And have you heard any feedback on that? Yeah, I've, for since the plugin's been available, I've been enabling it on uh, on new sites that I develop, um, uh, and the the clients that have been using it have really enjoyed the the new dashboard, the um, that kind of gives you that view of your shop at a glance. Uh, I, I know that for for people coming from other platforms or maybe coming from no platform, what people um, they've always asked about, you know, where can I see some analytics or shop analytics and statistics, and um, and uh, sometimes the built-in reports, WooCommerce reports, has been enough. But for a lot of clients, they really want to dive down and see what's going on on their shop at any any given moment. So um, that dashboard has been the feature that uh, that people have. Um, really, I think, latched onto the most. Um, the, the uh, you know, other, other features like, um, you know, how the orders are presented in stock, uh, you know, I, I, I think people are, my current, you know, existing clients, of course, are used to doing it the old way and they're, you know, they're, they're not looking for something else. And, and I think um, when I'm, onboarding new clients, I still point, point them towards the existing order management and product management um, because uh, the, all the, all of the tools and features that you expect are there right now. So there's no, there's, there isn't a, you know, any feature or tool where you say, well, you can't do that from this part of the site yet, you know, and they'll say, well, I don't want to have to learn two different ways of doing the same thing. So I'm just going to use this one. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the, the same thing that, 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 kind of the, the same cycle that people were in um, when Gutenberg was first rolled out. You know, there were still some things you know, like, well, you, you can't do that yet, or you have to use a block editor or the, the classic editor again. Um, but as it matures, more and more people are, are getting on board. And I, I, I see that same you know, pathway, uh, uh, the WooCommerce, the new admin on that same pathway already. Cool. I can't believe it has almost a million active installs already. You know the standalone plugin. That's significant. I think that gives knowing that you know 4.0 is going to include the admin, which is a major you know change. Uh, anytime there's a major change in e-commerce software, it's you know people get concerned, um, and they say it's it's not a major release. But come on, you're changing the whole admin, so it is in my opinion. <laughs> but the fact that almost a million people are actively running it that that's the type of stuff that gives me peace of mind. You know that. It has been, you know, battle tested and it is probably in a pretty, 
pretty good spot to roll into core at this point versus if they just kind of shoved it in and it wasn't actually a plugin and you have no idea how many people were using it, you know, it gives us some numbers to help us feel better about it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know very much about the internal development process of, of, of this piece of WooCommerce, but it, uh, they were pretty, um, I guess, aggressive about, about, um, you know, uh, suggesting that people install the admin plugin early on. And I think that combined with the fact that it's, they didn't try to do too much all at once with it. You know, it's been gaining features little by little uh, and having, and having, uh, you know, uh, getting refined and getting bug fixes rolled in. Um, it, that's what's allowed them to get to that point where, you know, you see, a hundred, you know, not a hundred million, <laughs> a million active installs. Uh, and, and so people are already using it because it was easy to, to opt in and try it out, but it, you know, but also non-disruptive. It wasn't going to take your store down or keep you from, from doing things the way you're used to. So, you know, I, I, I'd say it's a great example of kind of, of a, of a successful you know, public beta, um, uh, uh, process for this for this particular plugin for new features yeah yeah it'll be interesting then there will be those clients jeff that you said that don't really you know they're pretty used to the old the old way they're they're going to be um um having to conform a little bit come around 4.0 time so um so so that'll be something we'll let you um look forward to (laughs) (laughs) well the only other thing i want to just mention we don't really need to talk about it just to let everybody know that uh, WooCommerce 4.0 beta, beta testing is on its way, or it's actually happening right now, and you can get that white glove service where you can have WooCommerce help you with, you know, you'll do some beta testing. They'll help you with some stuff. They also reward you with a $200 WooCommerce coupon, and I think that's going on. The actual testing is going on right now, and it, I think it ends in probably a week or two. So I'll leave the link. They probably are still accepting some uh, people to join that. So we'll uh, add that to the notes. Other than that, I think uh, we are we are good to go. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I think we nailed it. Great show. Um, but let's wrap it up. So quickly, I want to thank our sponsors, WooCommerce. Maybe you've heard of them. I hope. If you're listening to the show, <laughs> WooCommerce are new community sponsor, which is awesome. We thank them for that. And definitely go check out Foo Events um, and the whole ticketing bundle they have there over at fooevents.com. You can do custom attendee fields, multi-day seating, PDF tickets, calendar integration, free check-in apps. Um, pretty cool product if you're if you're selling tickets to events and things like that. So we definitely want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, and as always, go ahead over to bobwp.com. You subscribe to the show, sign up for Woo News, become a friend of the show, and check out all the past amazing episodes uh, that Bob and myself and some other hosts now have been uh, been releasing. Some really great stuff over there, right, Bob? Right, right. Um, and before we wrap it up, uh, definitely want to thank you for joining, Jeff, and giving an opportunity to kind of let people know where they can find you online. Yeah, I appreciate having you here or having me here. It was a lot of fun to talk WooCommerce. Find me at a, a dbdc.us. That's my website, and that's the, the best place to find me online. dbdc.us. I like it. Yep. Well, Bob, anything else? Nope, I think that'll do it. Uh, been a good show. So, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for joining in, and uh, we'll be back next week with more Do the Woo. See you.